Welcome to the REI Foundation Podcast, where we cover all the steps and strategies to make your real estate dreams a reality. Now your hosts, Jason and Peely. Hi, and welcome to the REI Foundation Podcast with Jason and Peely. Uh, thank you again for uh, checking us out. Uh, Peely is on assignment today, which is AKA home with the kids because daycare is closed and it's snowing like crazy outside. Uh, we are very excited to welcome back Bill Allen today. Uh, if you recall, Bill was back first with us on episode five. Wow, it's been uh, a lot happening. So, but a quick intro on Bill. Bill uh, is or was a Navy pilot. I just believe you just recently retired if I was correct in that. Correct, Bill? Yeah, I didn't retire. I'm still a reservist, but I got out of active duty in April of uh, last year, 2017. So uh, yep, uh, full-time real estate investor now, but I still get to fly part-time like once a month. Ah, it's amazing. Well, thank you for your service, Bill. And uh, as you heard, Bill is a full-time real estate investor and uh, a lot has transpired. Bill had moved 13 times in 15 years with the Navy and got his start in real estate as an accidental landlord back in 2007 uh, when he was on deployment and started renting out his condo in San Diego. Wow. Lots happened, Bill. Lots happened yeah. over these 10, sure. 10, 11 years here. Uh, continuing in 2011, when he had to leave his primary residence in Pensacola and move overseas for military. And when he got Back to the U.S., uh, he was getting married and wanted to figure out a way that he could fully retire early into his 40s. And uh, he's, he's right on track. Bill started buying rental houses, quickly realized that he was running out of money to build enough passive income to fully retire on. And that's when he retired, returned to flipping houses and built his company, which is Blackjack Real Estate, which he started in 2015. Uh, he's flipping currently uh, in Pensacola, Florida. And as in 2016, he's committed a large marketing plan, shifted wholesaling and flipping. Uh, he's done 13 houses in 54. I believe this is outdated because he's well outdone that uh, in the last year. And in 2017, April, he moved into Chattanooga, Tennessee. So Bill, let's just get a little more onto where you're at today because I see these numbers here, but I know you personally yeah. know you're just crushing it past this. So give us a little context, a little things I missed here and uh, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me again. I can't believe you guys have had so many of these. So uh, you guys are hard at work doing hundreds of these episodes. It's impressive. So, um, yeah, I did. I think we did about 60 or 70 deals in 2016. And then this past year, we uh, we more than doubled that. So we did about 170 deals this year, uh, flipping and wholesaling. We flipped about 26 or 27 houses and the rest were wholesale deals. Um, we're in Pensacola, Florida and Chattanooga, Tennessee. I actually moved to Nashville. So I live in Nashville just south of Nashville, Tennessee now with my family. Um, but the main team operates out of Pensacola. That's where the majority of our deals are done. Uh, I think we flipped three houses in Chattanooga last year and wholesaled about 25 or 30. So that's kind of the business. And then this year we're in 2018, we're, we moved and started marketing just north of Nashville in a town called Clarksville, Tennessee. So um, it'll be our kind of third area in Hopkinsville, Kentucky. So just the south side of Kentucky, north side of Tennessee. So we started mailing there. Uh, mail hit Tuesday. So the calls are coming in and we're on appointments this week. So. Oh, it's incredible. We touched a lot in your business the last time and uh, very big congratulations on that growth because that's amazing. If someone was to ask you what you do, what do you tell them? <laughs> it's kind of hard. I tell them I day trade real estate from my house. I love that. That's kind of what I, what I tell them. And that usually gets the conversation going because it it's, makes them step back saying what? Um, I used to, I used to struggle with that. What do you do? And I didn't really know. So, um, I, I do a little bit of, of everything really sales and marketing, I think is what we really do. So 
But if you say that, then it's kind of weird. So day trading real estate usually gets the conversation going. But then I talk about, you know, what wholesaling is sometimes or things like that. So. Well, being the owner and the one who started the business, what do you want to be doing in your business? Uh, I like to be turning the dials personally. So I like to mess around with the marketing campaign. I like to look at the numbers. I like to look and see, you know, what do we send out? What's the response rate, the key performance indicators. Um, and I like to manage the people. So I like to check in with all the people. I like to see how they're doing. Um, I like to see them successful. So that's really what the, the numbers, uh, the return on our investment and the people. That's so. great. If you weren't sitting here with us doing this interview, what would you be working on right now in your business? I'd probably be uh, going uh, out with my wife and my son. <laughs> so I'm trying to spend some time with my family. I love that. Uh, but yeah, I, right now we're, I, we hired a COO recently. So um, I'd probably be working with him. Um, but yeah, just, I don't know. Every day is different, you know? Um, if we weren't talking right now, I'd, I'd find some work to do. I'm a really hard worker. So if I'm not, I, I can't just sit in front of the TV and do nothing. So I'd find something to do. Um, there's, I have a laundry list of to-dos, but I usually get... I've, my three most important things get done um, before my son gets up at seven. So between the hours of five and seven, that's when I'm doing the big things that I need to do. Cause I know when, when it's 11 o'clock right now, I'd probably be looking at my email and putting out fires if I had to. But, what were those three big things? Uh, I don't know today. Uh, so today I slept till seven because <laughs> I didn't have my three big things. Got it. But um, so yesterday, um, I, so I, you know, I work with the coaching company too. So, you know, that now the, the company, the coaching company that got me where I am, that mastermind group, uh, I'm giving back now and a part of that. So that's, those are usually what I, what I do a lot of. My company is fairly, it's pretty much on autopilot. Um, and to, to the point of like, there's a couple things that need to be tweaked or these things that come up that might need my attention. But um, let's see, you want to know what I did yesterday? So yesterday, my to-do before 7 a.m. was I was speaking at ARIA yesterday morning, and um, I had to finish my presentation. So at 5 to 5.30, I finished my presentation for the, for the RIA meeting that I was speaking to that day. Um, and then the other things that I was doing was, uh, let's see, getting all my payroll docs signed for all the people. So renewing everybody's contract for 2018. So I've been doing that. And then um, looking at raising the capital that we need to. So a plan to raise as much money as we need. We want to flip 50 houses this year in 2018. So I was putting a plan together to make sure that I contact a bunch more private lenders and I have a plan to raise a couple million more dollars for the company. So that's what I did yesterday morning. That's great. So you're talking, I was thinking you had a consistent three, but it's really your three biggest uh, moments of that day that you'll tackle first. Most Exactly. Perfect. Yeah. So the night, no, yeah, there's not three set things. So the night before, um, when I leave my office, I write, I write down my three biggest things that I need to complete tomorrow. And then I'll check those off by 7 a.m. And because my son gets up at seven and I get him ready for school and I get him breakfast and we hang out as a family until about eight. And then I take him to school um, at eight. And then I like to go to the gym till about 930. Uh, so I'll run on a treadmill, maybe lift some weights, and then I'll come back and start my day around 930 or 10. Usually. So that's great. Uh, and then from 10 on 10 to about four or five, I try to get the, the other things that don't need as much attention done. So there's a couple things that might be on my rolling to-do list that I'll try to check off a couple things or if things come up, they might need to be attended to. But that's, I know that my day falls apart around 10. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> so, well, let's, tra I guess, transfer over into the entrepreneurial mindset. What would you consider to be your most memorable experience so far as an entrepreneur? Uh, my most memorable experience and what I try to 
revolve around is, is when I saw, I see, I saw my mentors. I remember the first couple mastermind meetings that I went to and they were sitting there without their computer open with no phone. They, they were just, they had, their attention was fully focused on us and that's what they were doing. And I was just shocked at that. And I couldn't believe that I, I was taking phone calls. Everybody else in the mastermind meeting had their computers open, responding to emails, trying to listen to what people were talking about, but still their attention because they were running their company. You know, they were in their company. And these other guys were sitting in the back of the room, just not just paying attention to us, like giving to us. And I just, I thought I would never get there. And, and then I would be on my computer dealing with a problem and I would get an email from a wholesale deal that they were sending out from their company. It's got their name on it. And I'm going, that, they didn't send this. Who sent this? So that was just really um, eye-opening for me. And this kind of, you know, e-myth mentality of how the company runs and building something and uh, all these other ideas of how you can run it, work on your business and not in it. And that, that to me was the most powerful thing. And just the fact that they were normal guys and not these, you know, even though they're running million dollar companies, they weren't any, anything different than you and me or anybody listening. So, and I, in the same way, I mean, we did over a million dollars in, you know, profit last year and it's, and that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to get to that point. And then it was funny at the end of the RIA meeting that I was at yesterday speaking, one of the guys, uh, I said, there was questions coming and one of the guys running the meeting said, well, if you're here, who just sent me this email about this house in Chattanooga? I said, well, I don't know. So we got there, right? So I saw it. That was really powerful to me. And I said, I'm going to get there. And I tried to get there as quick as I could. So do you remember uh, the feeling of that minute when you first got there? What's that? Do you remember the minute oh, that yeah. you got there, how, how you felt? No, no, I, did, I, did, I don't remember it. Because the, the reason I don't remember it is because you just kind of wake up and, and you're, you're, I'm so involved in everything that's going on all the time and we're busy. And it's very rare that I think we, we take a break and we rise up above the company and look down and see what we've done. You know, I feel like every day passes and we're, we're focused on getting these little things done. And it's very rare that we come back and really enjoy what we've built and look at it. So it, this year, I got to figure out a way to do that. I mean, we'll close a deal where we made forty or $50,000 and it's just a Tuesday. Yeah. Right. But I, it used to be that was a big day, right? That was the one deal that we closed that year and the one flip that we did and we got a check for $40,000. And uh, I'm never the guy who just spends it. I'm not going to go on a cruise or a big vacation for that, but really celebrating the wins, that, that kind of stuff, we, we lose that, I think, even as we get big. I mean, I'm sure, I don't know what Steve Jobs does when a new iPhone comes out or if he, you know, but I really feel like we don't do that. And I don't remember it because of that. You know, I'm, we're just in the grind and then we look back and, and I'll reflect maybe at the end of the year at what we did and realize that it was, it was incredible what we've done. And sometimes it takes somebody else to say that to me to realize it. So yeah. it's, it's hard for us, I think, as really driven entrepreneurs to see that. And it we changes me. Having that talk the other day that we, we take no time to, to celebrate the, the victories, even so small, and you, you almost wash them over, and it, it, that just makes them so much. I, I guess it makes your day just fly by, and, and you get to the end, you say, Wow, look where we've gone, but you've missed all those milestones throughout. So, yeah, I feel you on that for sure. Would you, would you think that is your least favorite part about being an entrepreneur right now, or is there another? Yeah, that's, I mean, that, that's, that it probably is. I mean, I really, I feel like 
I don't know. I love it. I, I don't know that there's a part that I don't like about it because I, I really do. We get to set our own schedule. We get to do, there is, it comes with a lot of stress, I think. So the part for me is it, it is stressful to be an entrepreneur and be responsible for everything else that's going on. I mean, I look at our payroll next year, what I think we're going to spend. And it's, I think we're, it's, if we do the numbers that we want to do, it's a million bucks. So I got to make more than a million dollars next year before I even pay for marketing or overhead or anything just to run the company if we hit the numbers that we do. But if, if we pay a million dollars in payroll, I know we're going to make three times that. So, um, and so I, I don't know, it's hard to say what I, what I don't like about it, but yeah, sometimes just taking a break and, um, and, and looking at what we've done, it's, it's hard, right? It is, yeah. I heard uh, there's a, there's a guy, a quote, uh, the, uh, the days are long and the years are short. And I feel like that's really, really true, especially when what we do. Uh, I feel like the days just drag on and then I look back and go, I can't believe it's been a whole year already. And I think it goes for anybody in any business, but um, really being able to take the time and we, we, we take those losses, but the times that there's struggles or issues or we lost money on a deal and we mull over that for so long, right? I hold it. So I hold on to it forever, but we don't celebrate the little wins like you talked about. So we have in the big wins, even it's just, Hey, we had another hundred thousand dollar month. Um, but yeah, but we lost, you know, we struggled here and this is where we need to focus. So, uh, I don't even know where your original question was. <laughs> the, negatives, no. the negatives with this, like the positives with this business far outweigh the negatives. I, I really don't have something that I don't like about being an entrepreneur. Um, I think it's incredible. I mean, I, I, I go take, drop off my son today. I mean, you look, see the sweatshirt I'm wearing, sweatshirt and jeans, and I'm dropping my son off at school and everybody else is going into the rat race after they drop their kids off. And I get to go to the gym or go home or, you know, do whatever I want to do. It's my choice. So. Yeah. That's amazing. If, if you were to look at your, I guess your day and and your life as a real estate investor, if you, if you couldn't be a real estate investor, couldn't be a pilot, what would you do? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, so I, I love, I like to fly. I really do like to fly. So that's, if that's off the table. Um, but I never, I never really wanted to be a pilot. I didn't know what I wanted to do in the Navy. Those guys just had fun and I uh, got to fly and they got paid to fly in airplanes. So I thought it was pretty cool. Um, a real estate investor, I love, I, I would probably just continue to be a, a businessman. I, 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 I love creating things and turning the dials like I talked about. I'm an engineer, so I have a mechanical engineering uh, and aeronautical engineering degree. So, But I, I wouldn't do any of that. There's no way that I would be an engineer. I can't sit at a desk. I can't do all that stuff. Um, I don't know. If I could go back, uh, I, I just love you know, helping, helping people. I'd probably be, I don't know, maybe a, some sort of financial guy. I really love dealing with money and numbers and stuff like that. So probably find something in the financial sector, but I'm totally, I'm somewhat unemployable now, I think. So um, I'd, I'd start something. I'd create another thing. Uh, who knows what it is? But I do, I feel like now you take me out of the real estate world. I'm, I, I'm deadly in business now. I think, I think I could, um, I, I say it sometimes you could, I think you drop me on the corner of just about any city and any street with not a lot of money and I could figure out how to make money and, and do business. So if, if we, I don't know, went bankrupt tomorrow, hopefully all my lenders aren't listening, but if we, if we, if that happened and we had to move and start all over, I, I think that everything that I've learned from running this company the past few years and every, everything from all of, all of you guys that I've met and every, all of my mentors that I've had, I really feel like I could do just about anything and, and be successful at it, which is really it's, cool. 
such a good feeling to have that feeling where you're not dependent on someone giving you a check every couple of weeks and just having to rely on somebody else because you're, and if that just stops, I was talking to someone yesterday and they got let go from their job and they're just sideways because that's been their life since they've got out of school. So congratulations. It's an awesome feeling to have. It is. I bet you feel that way too. Yeah. It's, With it's fun. that you guys run. So it's fun. <laughs> It's fun. Focus is always our hard thing. And that correlates back to, it's amazing how many engineers are successful at real estate because they're able to track their progress so well. And that, that goes to you and your success as your company. And it's just amazing. Everybody we talk to as an engineer has, has that leg up because they've put in that focus and really just tracking what's happened. And, and for everybody out there who is an engineer, I would, I would really take it as a step up because you're already putting the groundwork in because you want to see where your returns are coming from. And, and, so many times people don't even know what it's costing them on a project accurately or their, their marketing, what's bringing in the most marketing. They're just sending dollars out there blindly without, and that's one thing this group has taught us so well is know where your returns are really coming from because it, it helps you basically push off all the stuff that's extra work. That's not really getting you return and focus strongly on if it's banded signs, go there. If it's direct mail, go there, et cetera. If, you know, it's before you move on, I think it's funny that you say that with the engineer. So I've had other people say, I'm surprised that you're successful being an engineer because you're so analytic, analytical when it comes to projects and numbers. And uh, there's, you're, you always find a way to say no to a deal because you overanalyze everything. So um, I, I think it's funny because just, just hearing you say that makes me think back to all the people that say, I can't do this business because I you can look at things two different ways. Um, people say, how did you do all this for the full-time job? I was flying 40, 50 hours a week. How did you build a company while you were flying? Uh, and I have a full-time job. I can't do that. And then other people say, well, I don't, you know, I don't have a job. So how can I start in real estate? I don't have any money or if the, the risk is too high. Uh, you can look at everything. It's that kind of glass half full, glass half empty kind of thing is everybody has something that you can use to your advantage. And what that is, it can be your advantage or your disadvantage, however you look at it. So I really think it's funny because I think you're the, probably the first person that said, you're an engineer, so you should be successful. And it just, it just drives me nuts when people say, I can't do that because of this. Or, yeah, you, you, have, you're, you know people that have money, so you can raise money really easily. Uh, I don't know anybody that has money. Um, I, I don't have any time. I, I have too much time. I don't have, any, I don't have a job. I, you know, it's all this stuff. I think that I was successful when I had a job because I had income. I didn't need the real estate income. So I was able to take a risk and do it. And then if, so if you have a full-time job, don't use it as an excuse, you know, say, okay, well, I have a full-time job. So my risk is lower. Other people, they just quit their job and just jump full-time into real estate. So it's, I don't know. I think anyone that tells me they can't do it is just, it's not, they can't, they won't. And they, they won't figure it out. They won't put the time in they won't use their strengths to their advantage. Um, and anybody can do it. It's really, uh, anyway, so. I've done this myself in the past is we set up these risks and these, these downfalls that are, that are so over the top that, it, that they'll never happen. Like, uh, for instance, if something bad happens, they're going to come take my dog away. It's like stuff that's just so outside the box. It never happens. And you put out the worst case scenario, but you forget all the upside that could possibly happen for you. If you go out there and flip that first house, sure, you may lose a little money. You may break even, but you've taken so much action. You've gotten that education. And how many people out there have done their first flip and maybe it didn't go the way they want? Probably everybody. But look how far people go after they just do that first deal. And 
touching on that topic, as an entrepreneur, what would you consider you're the best in the world at? <laughs> I think, uh, you know, that's a hard question. You ask anybody what you're really good at. It's like the interview question. What would you say your strengths and weaknesses are, right? So I think that I think that I can very, I think I'm very good with the numbers like you talked about. That's one. So I think I can really turn the dials and figure out where the money needs to go. But I think, I think the other thing that's really helped me get to where I am, and it sounds a little bit egocentric and I don't like that, but I think I'm a pretty good judge of character and people. And I think I've put the right people in the right place at the right time. And I think that when you, when you want to build a company like this and you want to, you got to leverage other people and uh, you've got to be able to motivate them and lead them to do the things that you want them to do. And sometimes it might not be the things that they want to do, but to be able to identify the right person out of a group initially and hire them, train them and put in the effort, but also kind of like love on them and care for them. So they feel like you really care about them being successful. And that's what this all has taught me. It, the, the system that I've built is based around people. It's a people business that, we, that we're in. Um, real estate just happens to be the medium that we trade in. But the people that work with me are the most important thing. So I think being able to hire the right people, train them and put, you know, pour into them and really care about them. I think that's, I think that's what I'm, I've been successful at. And I think that's probably what has got me to the point that I have gotten as quickly as I have is finding the right people, putting them in place, incentivizing, motivating, and leading them to do the things that they need to do to get the job done. And I don't, maybe that came from the military a little bit. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's a combination of a lot of things, but I'd say that's probably the number one thing that has made me successful as an entrepreneur is, um, is finding, hiring, training, leading the right people. So. What's the strangest thing you've done as an entrepreneur? I don't know. <laughs> What's the strangest thing you've done? <laughs> Probably depend on which business. I guess the beer business would be uh, would be rolling kegs around in a granny cart through the subway and uh, and just by the cops and everything else. Nobody says a thing as we're rolling beer down the streets in New York City, <laughs> taking it taking it bar from bar, starting day one. That would probably be on that first thing that popped in my mind because people constantly bring it up to this day. I, so. I, well, I've got I've got some crazy stories of when I used to go on appointments and things like that. I I can probably tell. I'll tell one. So. Um, I was just getting started in this business and I had, a, I had a buddy of mine down in Pensacola that I, I commit, we, we kind of teamed up. I said, you send the mail, you answer the phone. He's a reservist that wasn't working. Uh, he didn't have another job. So you answer the phone, you take the calls, you, um, you talk to the people and then I'll help you evaluate the property, estimate rehab costs, do all that stuff. And we'll kind of work together. You can wholesale the deal to me. I'll buy from you or I'll help you build your list and, and grow it from there. So him and I um, went on his first appointment and we went there together and it was this nice house in a neighborhood and you have to drive through kind of a, uh, a worse neighborhood to get this, these houses on the water. And the guy was supposed to be there. So keep in mind, I had no conversation with this guy before this. And he says, yeah, he'll be there. We'll walk the property. This guy won the lottery. Um, he's got all this property all around Pensacola area. Let's go look at this nice house. So I did the research, ran the numbers, looked at it thought we're just going on this appointment. So we got there. He's not there. So we walk around the house and he's not there. We're walking around looking at the property. He calls him. He says, uh, the guy says, yeah, I'm sorry. My wife was sick. She, we had to go to the hospital. Um, so we said, okay, this is fine. Could you mind if we look in the windows and walk around the property? He said, yes. 
So we walked around looking in the windows and we, there's a pool out back. So we get back to the pool and there's about a 10 pound dog floating in the pool. Um, it drowned. So I said, Oh my gosh, what's going on here? We need to get out of here. No fence. This, this guy's somebody, somebody's dogs in the pool. This guy's not here. We're going to get blamed for this. I felt like I was in an episode of cops. There's going to be some hidden cameras and it was a well-kept dog. And I'm not going to go into the whole story, but it was, it was just nuts. We walked around to all the other houses, knocking on the door. Are you missing a dog? Does anybody know who this little white dog is? And then we did all the, everything that we could. And we just got out of there. And I said, this was our first appointment that we had ever been on. And it's freaking me out. I thought we were going to get framed for this dog drowning in this guy's pool. He's going to come home and it's his dog. It wasn't his. We called him us. So, I mean, I probably have 20 stories like that or worse, but I mean, when you're, when you're a real estate investor and entrepreneur, you are, you're in these houses, you're, um, you're doing crazy stuff. I mean, you name it, fleas, cops, we've had it all. So uh, I don't know. That's probably. I love it. I love it. Cause it just, it gives people reason that, that they're, they're going to have crazy stories out there, but it's okay. You just keep, keep going. And the, uh, the good outshines the bad. So. You know, it's funny. We, at, in my company, we had a company party and I, uh, I had a contest this year of who had the craziest story. So everybody came prepared with one story and I thought it would break the ice because we never met the spouses and they don't think they really know what we do all the time. So, um, so everybody came prepared told one story and I gave a trophy at the end for the craziest story that we, every year you can bring and we'll, we'll Past that tradition every year, I hope so. It's pretty fun. Ah, oh, that's awesome. What What's some advice that you hear constantly for an entrepreneur that you absolutely disagree with? Oh man, you, you got some tough questions here. Can you practice with these? <laughs> what are some advice that I hear? We from can always skip through it or jump in the music, <laughs> you know, water or anything else. So, but if nothing okay. comes around, do you- okay. What do I disagree with from an entrepreneur? So, um, you know, it's I don't know. It's that that's a tough one. I think um, people think that entrepreneurs don't work. So I think that um, a lot of people might think that we just, I don't know, we're lazy, we sit around, we don't do much. And it's funny because I, I, I heard another quote, um, and I'm going to butcher it, I know. But um, we, we leave a 40-hour-a-week job to work 80 hours for less pay than we had before, something like that. Like we, um, I, I, work, I worked 10 times harder as an entrepreneur than I ever had in the military or anything else I did. I spent time away from my family. So, um, as far as advice goes, I, I don't, I don't know what people say about me that, um, that I don't agree with, but I, I will say that every entrepreneur that I know that's made it has been uh, really hardworking, put in the time and basically a brilliant person to figure it out either on their own or with help. So, um, I, I'm not really sure the answer to that question, but I will say that, um, we work a lot harder than people think that we do. And I, I see you shaking your head. It's like, yeah, I know. Tell me about it. And we, we all have the same challenges and problems as everybody else. We all have kids. We have issues. We have all sorts of stuff. But we're getting it done and, and we're making it happen. So um, I don't know. What, you got something? What's, what do you got? No, I think you'll agree. People, people just think that it, you get out there to be an entrepreneur. And the ones that, that do fail are the ones who aren't working. But you, you realize really quickly is that, if you're in the corporate world, you have the clock in, you have the clock out. Well, that all goes out the window. You know, you have people calling you six in the morning, 11 at night. It, it just never turns off. And the, the hardest thing for an entrepreneur is to, to really 
segment or, or designate your time because something always goes out the way, way when you, you, sometimes you don't have weekends off, sometimes your nights are off. So you have to focus on your priorities. If your priorities is creating a, a successful, happy family and business, and sometimes you're, you're so caught in the middle of having everything happen at once that things get washed over, family events, everything else, because you're an entrepreneur and you have to meet these milestones that you want to hit in your business. And most of the time you're pushing yourself to a harder level than maybe you would if you're working for somebody else. Yeah. yeah. If, if you ha- were to look back 10 years from now, what would you want people to say about your company? What I want them to say about, about us as a company is that, you know, we, we helped. The way I look at it right now is we get a, we get a tough rap, right? As real estate investors, everybody wants to bash us. Uh, we, we run ads on Facebook and I see people talk about how we're, we're stealing houses. We're doing all these things. And I'll tell you a quick story to, to, to give the answer to this question is we were running an ad on Facebook and somebody said, yeah, it's, if maybe you, you only buy for lot value, or less than land value. And then I, I responded with something saying, well, we, you know, we helped, uh, you know, 165 sellers in 2017 uh, with their problem house. And I bet not a single one of them would say that we didn't give them a fair offer that, that they liked, that they agreed to. And we're not pressuring people. We're not signing a contract on the hood of their car. We're not forcing them to sell their house. We're giving them an option. We're just an option. And we're also giving them all the other options that they could use as uh, like also concierge service for them. So, so then he goes on to say something like, um, well, it's all old grandmothers who don't know anything and you're stealing the house from them. And this is a, this is a realtor, mind you, um, in the area. So, and then one of our sellers gets on and comments and says, um, I'm not an old grandma. I know what my house was worth. They made me a fair offer that I think I would have gotten anyway if I fixed it up myself. And it's the exact number that I was hoping to get. And I loved do, doing business with them. The transaction was incredible and, and everything was great. I loved it. And I would, I recommend people to them all the time. And that's really, that was the biggest thing for me. Like having a seller go to bat for us with someone who's talking about the company negatively, who has had no experience with us whatsoever is that is what I want the legacy of the company to be. It's just those people that we helped that have done testimonials for us that have um, referred people to us that have talked about, you know, the challenge that they had that we helped them. And we can't help everybody. We're such a small sliver of the real estate business. One, 2% might sell to a company like ours. But I mean, that's really what I want to hear is how happy they were, how we helped them and how many people we can help. So that's really what we're trying to do. And it's not going to work for everybody, but if, yeah, if somebody says my company in Pensacola or Chattanooga or now in Clarksville or anywhere, anywhere else that we go. That's what I want them to, to, to think about. That's so right. it's not, it's not easy to have, yeah. keep and maintain and, uh, and enjoy that reputation. Yeah. So, and we work hard for that. And now when you take yourself out, you, you have other people that are out there, you know, representing the company. So the fact that they're representing the company the same way that we would as owners, that's really important to me. So. That's amazing. Well, this has been amazing, Bill. If people want to reach out to you or your company, what's the best way for people to find you? Um, yeah, you can find us on Facebook. So, uh, and you can comment against all those people that are crushing us. <laughs> um, so uh, facebook.com slash blackjack estate. That's a good place. Um, and Dana or I, we run the Facebook page. We make a lot of comments and things on there. Nice. Um, blackjackre.com is, is my website. Um, 
And then I, you got, if you guys have show notes, I can give you some of the buyers list stuff. If anybody wants Perfect. to jump on in Pensacola or Chattanooga or Clarksville, Tennessee, that would be great. Um, and at Clarksville, we just started a website called uh, tndeals.com. So Tennessee deals, tndeals.com. So that's where we'll put out all our um, wholesale deals. So yeah. And uh, anywhere, I mean, on Facebook, I'm Bill Allen on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, any of those places. If Bigger Pockets, I'm on there too. So awesome. uh, I think I'm William Allen on Bigger Pockets. So. <laughs> I love it. Well, Bill Allen, thank you so much. It's been, I, we had you on over 100 episodes ago. And just in that time, we're in, I think, another two cities now, crushing it. Yeah. So <laughs> absolutely incredible. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. This is Jason and Peely with the REI Foundation. Thank you so much for your time. Look forward to seeing you on the next show. Bye now. We appreciate each of you listening to our show. And if you like what you hear, please go to iTunes and leave us a five-star rated review. Five stars. And give us some questions on Facebook. We'd love to have your questions answered by our guests on some of our next show. You can find us on Facebook at the REI Foundation Podcast with Jason and Peely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into the REI Foundation Podcast. Check back next time for more awesome tips and strategies to launch your new you in real estate.